Alright, what's going on guys? You're hanging out with Night Swarm and Filter Cord for the MGI Games Cast. Um, if you get a chance, head over, as always, to facebook.com backslash mammothgamesinc to check out all the top news and video game stuff that matters the most. We uh, really appreciate all the likes, comments, and shares. There's a ton of good stuff on there. And uh, yeah, go give it a check if you get a chance as well. Um, we did set up a Patreon, that is patreon.com backslash MGI, that can get you on the podcast as well as some gaming time with us. So, what's been going on, man? What are you up to? Yeah. Uh, not a lot going on, to be honest. Um, I've kind of been trying to experiment with, um, you know, a couple of games I've had in my backlog. Of course, uh, whew, I just got hit by the Steam Summer Sale like everybody has. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah I picked up a couple games there and, uh, okay. oh man, free time is non-existent over here. What about you? Yeah, I've just been, um, uh, if, you know, anyone's been following my personal Twitch, uh, it also automatically streams over on uh, Mammoth Games, where you guys are watching this currently. Um, we uh, we just finished up uh, Assassin, going back to Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Um, I still have a few collectible things to do. Uh, other than that, uh, um, I think we did some, I did some uh, Friday the 13th stuff, also did some um, Overwatch stuff, you know, just kind of trying to hit all the bases, at least uh, video game-wise. Yeah. But we are here to talk about um, certain games that we're not sure, you know, and it's not that um, we're, I feel like, bashing on any of them, but it's just games mm. that need to, um, like, maybe take a second look at what they've become. So, yeah. uh, it, like, our original title was games we think are done for, uh, or games that need to call it quits. So, yeah, I mean, what do you think? Like, when you think of that, where do you, I mean, where do you go right away? Yeah, I mean, um, there's a lot of stuff that um, kind of comes to mind with that, but the first thing I don't think is going to surprise anybody, Call of Duty. Like, right. They, I mean, I, I think they've been holding strong on one a year. I, I can't think of any missed years off the top of my head. Right. Um, I mean, they've they've gone to some really weird places, and you know, they are on like a cycle between a couple different uh, game developers. So it's not like it's one company putting out another game every single year. But still, I think um, I think that lack of kind of quality and polish is noticeable, and um, you know it. it it kind of creates that thing of when there are, you know, there are off years for Call of Duty where people will just continue playing the one from the year before. Mm -hmm. And that kind of proves, like, multiple things. You know, it, it kind of shows, like, when people aren't into a certain theme, um, it shows that these games are, you know, they can continue to be relevant and, and popular over the course of two or three or four years. I think... Uh, the release of like the modern warfare remastered really proved that. Cause I think that actually outsold the game it was bundled with. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the, the dilemma that they come across with is, um, it's like, like, like you said, you can tell when there are themes that people don't like, and it really goes back and forth. Um, you know, some people love future stuff. Some people hate future stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, if they, 
you know, if they were to take that time off to work on the game longer or, you know, focus more on one, they lose that secondary audience a little bit. Um, mm. So it, it is kind of like, what can the company do to kind of, I mean, not force the player, um, not, not force the player to liking something that they don't like, but, uh, yeah, you know, forcing them, or, you know, getting them to enjoy something different. And it, I think it comes with being spoiled. When this game came out originally, there was a lot of World War II stuff. Uh, I remember, like, Big Red 1 and stuff like that. And um, uh-huh. and that game was, like, widely... It was praised. It was, it was a good game. And there weren't those people that were like, oh, man, I really wish this was a future... Uh, Big Red 1 was, like, a big future game. Like, it was just... People liked it. So, I, I don't know. It's... It, they have a really weird dynamic, but I do I do agree that if they took an extra year on each title and they did a little bit more research, that their game could be um, so much more. Like, I even heard people um, just the other day talking about uh, looking at the video that we're watching right now for mm. uh, Call of Duty World War II. Um, they're like, I mean, why would I play this when Battlefield 1 is out? Yeah, and that's, like, that's, I don't know, that, to me, that's them just going, okay, so, I mean, that could just be people that like Battlefield better, but, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's not, it's it's basically their job to get people that like Battlefield better to like Call of Duty. That's their job. Yeah. Um, so. There's definitely that. I think there's, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes, and people might. Uh, kind of get this idea that I'm about to say conflated with some of the stuff we're saying. Like, you can make, you know, four or five World War One or World War Two themed first-person shooters could all come out the same year. And if they're all doing their own thing, they could all be great. Right. But, um, you know, I think Call of Duty hasn't really been, uh, like, pushing anything new in a while. Um, they certainly set, like, as far as, like, multiplayer... Uh, structure of other shooters goes. I mean, it's all based on Call of Duty at this point. Yeah, it's. So, I mean, they you know, created they a standard. Yeah. yeah, they set. They, they made the standard. So, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, clearly, there's a value, but we've seen with a lot of their, like, as the years go on, and they're releasing more and more of, you know, even with this being set in World War II, their next game. Is it really going to be that different feeling than, say, like Advanced Warfare or Infinite Warfare or Ghosts or, you know? I mean, just uh, just looking at the gameplay and not actually getting hands on with it, it uh, right. to me, it it looks exactly the same. It's just, hey, yeah, it looks we've exactly got, the same, but with got, a little less mobility. We've got different gun models. You know, uh-huh. you're going to be restricted. You're not going to be able to do things maybe quite as fast. It just. Yeah, it just, it doesn't have that, they really need to create that, I mean, that's what's lacking is them not getting a chance to reinvent themselves because they're complacent. Right. And they need to reinvent themselves. And I think, you know, taking a year or two between, between games at least, uh, it wouldn't do that, but it it could, it could help that. It could help them slowly figure out what, you know, what's, what's changed in shit, what, the last, like, decade? 
I mean, we've been going, yeah. you know, strong with the same idea for a really long time. So, right, could be time and, to move um, on. And like their their environments. I mean, we had uh, um, call it or it was Battlefield Bad Company. Just mm-hmm. like Battlefield has fully destructible environments, but where's Call of Duty on that front? Yeah. Where like like I don't know. It's just it seems it seems weird to me, and it's probably because that's how they stand out and they're different. They don't have the destructible environments, so it makes it um, it changes how the the it changes the way the game's played. You're not focused on trying to get through um, the environment to get to the enemy. You're focused on getting around the environment to get to the enemy. Everything yeah. stays the same, so it creates a different dynamic, but. I don't know. I think I think it's time for a, a big change for this com- for that company. Definitely, and um, you know, it's. I think we've seen a little bit of that payoff, um, certainly with Assassin's Creed Syndicate, mm-hmm. um, kind of taking a little more time to mess with it, and now with that space in between till Origins. I mean, Assassin's Creed Origins looks amazing. I mean, honestly, it looks like it's going to redefine what Assassin's Creed is, and that, yeah. that could always end up being disappointing, but. You know, well, for now at least, it looks pretty amazing. Well, with um, <clears throat> going from Unity to Syndicate, they needed to get back to, like, square one, kind of. Mm-hmm. And they did that with Syndicate. Syndicate didn't reinvent the wheel for Assassin's Creed. It just reapplied the wheel to the cart. <laughs> right, like, yeah. Because it, it was very much like a repair operation. It really was. And it they they definitely patched it up, and I really like Syndicate. The characters... Um, if you've been watching any of my, like any of my streams or anything, the that uh, you know, I've said it several times. Like Evie and Jacob, they they rank in my top, you know, top five characters from all of Assassin's Creed. Um, which is and, a lot of characters. Yeah, and I mean, and a lot of people would probably disagree with me on my number one, but we'll save that for later. But she, but yeah, especially Evie, she has that feel of a character that. I would like I kind of toss her into the same um, like fidelity as someone like um, Elizabeth from Bioshock Infinite or oh, yeah. even or even Ellie from Last of Us. She just has a vibrancy about her that you know she has a personality. It's not just this flat character. She's really dynamic, and I really like that about her. Yeah, yeah, and they did a great job of that because like um, Unity got a little bit of hassle because they were like, well, you know, we didn't have time to like make all different female like model and animations for our like multiplayer or whatever. Yeah. And then syndicate was like, she's literally, you're literally her for 50% of the game. Yeah. Or more. And, like, and at it, least 50%. And in, uh, in my stream, since I've been back, like I played the game a, a healthy amount and then I came back and I was like, I'm just going to restart it. And then I looked at where mm-hmm. I was at and I was like, no, I'm just going to go forward. And, yeah. um, I, I've, I spent last night, was the first night that, um, within probably about five nights that uh, I switched to Jacob. I played as Evie the whole time. Yeah, the whole I actually end of the game. preferred Evie in that game. Um, yeah. Jacob was cool. Like, I did like Jacob, but it's hard when it's like, uh, it's kind of like what I've heard, you know, a lot of people say with Mass Effect, where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, male Shepard's great until you've played female Shepard, and then it's like, oh, okay, this is the game. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, yeah, I mean... It's just like, Evie was just so... It's not that... Uh, Jacob wasn't good. It's just that she was so much better. Yeah. And, I mean, with that, she had a different play style. She used the the knives mm-hmm. and the stealth. He used, you know, 
not cane, no, then I'm going to punch course. you in the face. Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, uh, brass, brass knuckles, I mean. Brass knuckles, yeah. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, I think that extra year for um, Assassin's Creed is going to really help them out. And I think uh, Activision with Call of Duty really needs to look at that and be like, well, yeah, that's what I need to do. And, um, I mean, and I guess we'll see how that works with uh, Far Cry as well, because Far Cry felt a bit stale. Mm-hmm. And then I look at five and almost involuntarily shit my pants. I'm so excited for it. I voluntarily shit them. Voluntarily, ladies and Fully gentlemen. Fully intentional. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, you know, I, I think, um, you know, and it's like, it's, it's not ever going to be, Call of Duty is never going to be my favorite. It's just not going to happen. I'm, that's right. not what I'm into. That's not what I'm after. I've played some in the past. They're fun to play with friends or whatever, but. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they're a good time, but I personally, I don't like to, uh, sink my time into that game because it feels unrewarding. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just don't feel like... Well, there's also, like, part of that, too, is uh, how much of my time am I going to dedicate to making this, like, awesome character multiplayer profile 15 times prestige, whatever. And it's like, in a, in a year, it's not going to matter. Right. And a year of game time to me, like, you know, when the game comes out, I play about a third to half of it, and then... When I don't have any other games going on, I play the other half. So, mm-hmm. you know, in a situation like this with a multiplayer game, I would play, you know, I would maybe kind of, I would beat the campaign and touch on the multiplayer a little bit and then come back and join the multiplayer in, like, November, and the next game's already coming out, you know? So, yeah. um, you and, know, I think that them kind of taking a chance is really going to help them out. Because, like I said, their sales and their ratings have not been great more recently, so. And that's where it really differs from... Um... Call of Duty and all of that really differs from a game like um, like Overwatch. Like mm. you don't have that. Oh, I'm gonna get the next one next year. You know, you don't have that. Right. Yeah, it just it's just not there. You know, so building a character within a game that you know is gonna continue to get support is gonna continue to. It's not gonna be a like here's the new one next year. Um, that just kind of, I don't know, it feels good to build that character. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it's, like, dead weight and it's going to be lost, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they really need to understand, like, I, I think part of it is that um, Activision doesn't necessarily have a lot of other, like, giant franchises to, like, keep their financial statements looking good every year. Yeah. Um, right. I, I mean, think, they're trying. Uh, yeah, but I think their their biggest issue there is that they um, they don't really trust that people will stick around for longer than a year. And it's like, I, I mean, again, go look at, I mean, I know people that are still playing Infinity War. Um, is that what I'm thinking of? Infinity Ward is the name of the company. What am I thinking of? Um, Modern Warfare, but uh, the one right after that, maybe? Yeah, the one that, I don't know, I skipped it. Um, <laughs> I didn't really. Um, well, I know a lot of people are, uh, what am I thinking of? What is Infinity War? Infinite Infinite Warfare is what you're thinking. Yeah. Oh well. Infinity War in like the forty minutes. That makes it. Yeah. Yeah. Infinity and be like, War oh, made it. But uh, you know, so there's there's people playing, you know, some of these older games. That's like, uh, like I mean, so yeah. Since I can't think of what I'm actually thinking of, Modern Warfare is a good example. Like, people are super into it still, and 
you know, there people are into it on the 360. I like, mean, people are still yeah. into like they don't just Black need o- the newest thing. Yeah, yeah they're Black still Ops. into Black That's Ops. Of. Like Black Ops One. Yeah. Like that was that was the last one I bought, and if. If the player base didn't drop off on that, and all the people that I played with go, oh, Black Ops 2's out, and so is this, and they all left and bought the new one, right. shit, I could still be playing that game, maybe. I mean, you know, maybe if it got, like, a, like an update for PS4 or something. Yeah, I mean, but, like, there's a lot of stuff that, uh, like, people will come back to it, yeah. you know, if, especially if it is not have something that immediately supersedes it half a year later, especially with how early you can get access to like alphas and betas and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, these games actual lifespan, you know, if I buy uh, world war two, the day it comes out and then I get the alpha invite to whatever the next thing's going to be, um, you know, that could potentially only be like nine or 10 months of actual like life for your game. That's yeah. horrible. Yeah. Um, so and- yeah, that's, that's, that's my number one thing. Like I think, uh, and I think it's the best example of like you need to like cut it out. You need to figure out what you're doing. Uh, just the Call of Duty franchise because it started out on such a high note and then it's had such a weird like career after that. I guess. I mean, and it's not it's not sales. It's not saying that they're selling poor because they're selling well, just not as yeah. well as the previous edition. It's still and I don't think as well as it. they could be. Yeah, yeah. I think they, they could I mean, do better if they. I mean, like think about GTA. Mm-hmm. Like. Between so GTA four did really well. GTA five came out and was number one release ever. Yeah. You know? Of any entertainment media. That's bet it did better than movies. Yeah. It did better than I mean, I don't know what else, you know, to compare it to. Like Yeah, it's it like does, movies, like, music, um, it just it yeah, just shattered. It was the number one entertainment cool. release. Yeah. So like and it wasn't even available on PC. Which is like the kind yeah. of like the bulk of the gaming market. They know? they made they made profit on just pre orders. <laughs> Yeah, just the pre-orders, just, I mean, considering that, uh, you know, this is coming from us with a GameStop background, so that's $5 down. That's yeah. not saying fully paid off. We're talking about just $5 per copy. They made so much money on $5 pre-orders that they paid their game off. Yeah. With, if they could have sold the game at $5 and broke even. Yep. You know, like... But they sold it at sixty, and then collector's edition, and uh, yeah, and then they and now of, they don't need to do anything for thirty six years, right? And that instead of uh, and apparently the most profitable part of GTA is GTA Online, which yep. was essentially, you know, as far as you can consider it free, like bundled in the game. So right. there's a sixty dollar buy in for this online game that they then made a shit ton of money on, like through microtransactions and shit. Mm-hmm. So, um. That's the model. Like the amount of money coming through that, I just can't even imagine. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the model to go with. Like, look at them. Um, they're still supporting it. And we just, uh, like, uh, like you just sent me uh, a Kotaku article about them finally figuring out what the hell this whole Alien GTA thing maybe. is all about. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but with that newest update, I mean, they've been picking through the code, and there's new code to support the idea is that there could be something new really soon. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. That's that's really interesting. And look, it's still going. People are still playing it. Um, and the same with Overwatch. We just hit past the year. And it's still, like, number, like, top five on Twitch streams. Mm-hmm. Insane. That's the yeah, model to go with. 
like you need to have some faith in your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I mean, that's what will get any series in trouble. Not too much, but it's really that like, okay, hey, look, you get this game, but you also get all of this with it. Like right. Overwatch is still just kicking. Blizzard is just like, oh, well, everything's free. Every new map that's coming out, that's just that's going to be for you, you know. Mm-hmm. And the Star game Wars is, Battlefront Two is going to be doing that. It, that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. And I guess that'll probably, hopefully, that'll prove our point of yeah. that's the way it needs to go. You know, getting the the third one, the nail in the coffin. You know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see um, what uh, we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I think uh, I think kind of referencing. Um, you know, a lot of the games we were mentioning are kind of strictly multiplayer. Um, that's another thing that I think has been kind of an epidemic. Uh, I mean, the games we referenced are all doing a pretty good job of it, mm-hmm. but I've played many games and I think everybody ever listening and everybody they know has all played a game where there's like a multiplayer mode just kind of tacked on and it's lazy. It doesn't fit with the idea of the rest of the game. Um, I mean, right know, now... kind of like crap multiplayer modes right now we're looking at um assassin's creed origin some alpha gameplay mm-hmm. from and that that was the game that when i think of lazy multiplayer tack-ons that's the yeah. game i think of and you know like i know there's defenders that are like look it wasn't that bad like it was kind of enjoyable it was like that hide and seek kind of high intensity tag type thing going on it's like yeah that's great but Sorry. that's not assassin's creed yeah like exactly that's not what the game's about it it really didn't have any kind of tie-in benefit. Um, There's no real reason to spend your time playing that and as opposed to the core game, you know? Um, like, I think Bioware's has been kind of guilty of this, just kind right. of like throwing in a multiplayer mode because EA said so. Yep. Yeah, and um, I think if a company like uh, Ubisoft is going to tack on some sort of multiplayer aspect to something like Assassin's Creed. They need to go the route of, like, linear. Like, I think Far Cry is doing it right. Mm -hmm. I think that's the way to go. But for something like Assassin's Creed, it needs to be something more linear where you can pop in as a second or third or fourth character that plays in the same world alongside. It shouldn't be, like, if there is any competitiveness, it'll be, you know, who can get the most assassinations or whatever during the mission. Um, mm-hmm. almost like the game that I'm kind of relating it to is, uh, Kane and Lynch, where it's like, this player is doing this and this player is doing this and they're working together. And sometimes they, you know, closer to the spoiler alert, closer to the end of Kane and Lynch, it's mm-hmm. one has to kill the other and the other has to get away. That's the kind of multiplayer, you know, that it should be it's like just cooperative multiplayer, not this not a competitive. I don't think that works for Assassin's Creed at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I understand. And I mean, we just mentioned it, like, with Grand Theft Auto. Like, there is an obvious incentive to putting in a multiplayer mode. Right. There's obvious, like, benefits. Um, there's a lot of good reasons, you know. Like, and especially if it fits with kind of what the game is doing. Um I think like, Grand Theft Auto was in a unique position, though. Yeah. Like, they own, um, they own not just, not just a game, not just a character or a set of characters, but they own a world. Mm. Like, they've defined their world before they've defined anything else. And I think that's the key. Like, 
like we don't know where these things are in relation to one another you know liberty city san andreas san fierro all these places that they've created in their games um but it, it, it exists so their multiplayer can exist the same way they're still going to be criminals so you're just one of those you know would-be criminals in the same world as the criminals from the main story. And it, it just, you know, here's the same map. Go do, you know, similar things. Uh, it just, I don't know. It, I think it works. And it's kind of like uh, an alternate an alternate game. It's like if, you, if your character could be the main player in Grand Theft Auto. You know, they, they yeah. gave you a create a character and you get to make the character and name him whatever you want. It's... It's weird. It's like a weird alternate mode of the same game. Mm-hmm. So they're like, they're really in a unique position. Yeah, and like created. contextually, it really fits with the point of the game. Right. So like, that was a good like they they did a good job on it. And even like, I mean, GTA's had plenty of criticism of its online modes. It took forever to get the heist going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were some features that were promised that never really came along, and that kind of thing. Like, um. You know, it's not so. It's not like we're just over here sucking Rockstar's dick. You know, it had its failings too, but I think it was a good example of what to try for. Right. It. Um, yeah. Like, play to your play to your strengths. Right. Is, I think would be the the key to that one. And Rockstar's strength is their world, right. and they they can put that almost on anything that they own. Like, it appears to be what they're going to be putting on uh, Red Dead. Red Dead, exactly. They, they, and this is how, going back to what we were talking about with Call of Duty, reinventing yourself. They mm. were this, you know, just a criminal single player game. Okay, let's add, let's add multiplayer. Shit, we fucked up. We fucked up. We fucked up. Okay, we got it right now. And mm. they figured it out. They, they've, yeah. they've cracked the code. And that's because they're not releasing a game every year. They're releasing a game every five years. Mm. Yeah, and then there's, um, you know, I kind of touched on it, and I, I think I want to go back to just get a little more in there. Um, mm-hmm. Like Bioware. Uh, Bioware's after, oh, man, was it was it Mass Effect 3 that added it, or was it 2? It, it was must 3. Have been 3. Yeah. yeah, it was 3. So, um, yeah, Mass Effect 3 added the multiplayer, and then that essentially the exact same form of multiplayer appeared in Dragon Age Inquisition, yep. uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Like, it's just a part of the series now to have this, like, weird multiplayer I mean, the, that is like really inconsistent it, i don't really it's not bad again it's like it's okay to play but it really should not have been in there right and I, like when you think of like this is the best part of the multiplayer of you know you know the multiplayer aspect of this game um mm-hmm. i can't think of one for Like any of those, you know, any of those games that, you know, were just mentioned. The best part I can think of for Mass Effect was the Krogan laugh. Uh It it was, it was so good. That was so funny, but that wasn't a gameplay aspect. That was just me laughing at something. Yeah. So that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, I mean, you can just feel that it's just bolted on. Right. There's no part of it that feels like a core part of a game. Um, and that's like, I think there's a lot of games like that that's like, oh, well, we need to put in a multiplayer so these idiots will play our game for more than five minutes. Yeah. And it's like, you know, either make a good game 
and you don't have to worry about that. Or, you know, if if there's going to be a multiplayer, and if you're if you absolutely have to put player in, make a good multiplayer. Like put the same pride into it that you do on everything else. And right. um, you know, uh, I mean, especially it, like if it has to be there. Like if EA says, "Look, we own your studio. You have to have multiplayer. There's no option. You can't ask about it." Like you need to dedicate, you need to make it as good as it can be. And it needs to make sense. Like it needs to be internally consistent with the game you're making. Yeah. And it is one of those things when someone else tells you like, Hey, you have to have this, that, Uh that sucks. Like I could imagine that, like I've worked so hard on this story and now I have to tack on this garbage to the side of it. Right. So it's really trying to, you know, make, make something out of, like nothing, you know, you, yeah. you're, you're making something great. I, you know, it's kind of like turning, you know, lemons into lemonade kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, I, and there really isn't much you can do about that. You know, they just really need to like make sure that the game is, you know, they're not just adding on some garbage, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think, I, you know, I think um, a lot of games, if it doesn't need multiplayer, I understand, like, you know, constraints from publishers or whatever, but if your game doesn't need multiplayer, don't put multiplayer in it. Right. And like, just it's better to have nothing than to have something that's just not very good. Right. But yeah, one uh, one of the other things, like, something that kind of needs to be, like, looked at and fixed, uh, mm-hmm. and we were talking about it earlier, is... I like how how quick we end up getting uh, like Telltale games, mm-hmm. and it's it's not how quick like the games are great, the story is great, and it's not like knocking them at all. But they've been using the same engine for a really long time. And yeah, we actually did some research on that. They've been using uh, the Telltale tool, yep, which is their you know their internal like editor, I guess. Yeah, it's, uh, they've it's, been using it since two thousand five. Yeah. And that's that's a long time. And it's not that the games look bad, but it's starting to break down. Like the like the Batman game, there were instances I saw people, you know, running through this like scenarios and you know fighting and stuff like that. And they're fighting models that aren't there. It's just yeah. things that like are just major issues. Yeah, and that's that's big. I mean, the point of that story game is to immerse you in a story. And when things break down like that, they lose the story. So, yeah, I was a I was a big fan of the um, Wolf Among Us uh, yeah. Telltale game. Um, I, that actually got me into the Fables comic book series, which I'm happy about. Um, but yeah, when I got to like chapter five, like the end of that game, basically, like not the very end of chapter five, but kind of like the turning point before you get to the resolution, I guess. Um, Two two or three times in a row, my game froze. I'm like, like the final choice, and it's like it, it would just like the whole game would collapse. You know what I mean? And so um, that kind of thing is unacceptable. And I'm kind of confused on like I played through all of uh, you know just like a month or two ago we got um, Tales from the Borderlands, and I played uh-huh. through that. And um, great game, great story. Uh, characters were fun. Uh, it, it did. One thing about Telltale games is sometimes they can kind of drag on. Mm. They it, like it's just like okay, I see the the point now. Let's get to it. Yeah, there's usually like 
a couple like rough episodes. Right. And that's the, you know, that's the only other criticism aside from this engine kind of like holding them down Mm -hmm. a little bit. And like, you can make as many tools as you want. You know, the technical artist can write tools to make this thing better. But at that point, it's kind of like when you're working on a PC, like if your motherboard's old as shit and you're putting new stuff into the motherboard, it's only going to do so well. It's only going to do so much. And then it's going to burn out anyway. Yeah. So it, you know, that's kind of what we're looking at with, I think, Telltale. Um, yeah, I think I, they honestly need to just get down to like down to the root level and just be like Telltale Tool Two. What do they have? What What do they have that they're working on right now? Are they working on uh, Game of Thrones? Yeah, they're working on Game of Thrones season, season two. two. Um, they're actually in like one of their quietest times. Ever. Exactly. That's what I was saying. Uh, you know, we watched and covered almost all of E three. And I don't recall seeing them there at all. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, you know, that's I think, what we could I think be looking at. It's a good at. chance to, like, guys, we really have something that's dated. It's time to get in there and do something with this. And they definitely I, saw, they definitely saw the Batman problem. Yeah. There's no way that they, like, and I wonder if that comes down to, I mean, of course they need a new engine, but they could also probably do a bit more testing, maybe, mm-hmm. to uncover those kind of things. Because yeah, there's no way um, your game should ever release at any point and be uh, unplayable and be unplayable, like unplayable yeah. like that. So Assassin's and, Creed Unity brings to mind on that. Yeah, exactly. And that's just you know getting back to that. Um, and and we're still checking out that 20 minutes of Assassin's Creed gameplay. Uh, uh-huh. It's just getting back to like, look, they saw that problem. Now it's time to. Now it's time to fix it. And Assassin's Creed took that extra step with Syndicate. Like, here's getting back to, you know, origin point. And then, mm-hmm. no pun intended. And now, now they're moving forward. With hopefully yeah. some, some it, um, it, like, fixed gameplay. Like, with Syndicate, even as good, you know, as fun as it was, and as, you know, Assassin's Creed standard as it was, there were a lot of problems. Like, when you'd grab onto... A wall, your character wouldn't be grabbing onto the wall. They'd be grabbing onto, um, they'd be grabbing onto like an invisible ledge by the wall. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. Kind of breaks down a little bit there. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you didn't have anything else to say on that, did you? On Telltale. No, I think Telltale. Um, I mean, they're definitely in. Their games are fantastic. I love almost everything about them, you know, from the mm-hmm. story to the art style, especially the art style. It's, I mean, that's, yeah. that's the way I, that's the way I love to make art. So that's yeah. the way, you know, that's what I love to see. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, again, like just to reiterate, I guess, as we're partway through here, like uh, just because we're saying like these games need to rethink their strategies or whatever, doesn't mean we're just like hating on them. Right. Um, again, like I mentioned in, you know, the multiplayer stuff, some of my favorite games, like Telltale is one of my favorite companies and it's like, they're very consistent and I know what I'm getting when I get a Telltale game and it's usually like a, you know, eight, nine, 10 range. So like, um, you know, we're not bashing them by any means. We're just like, look, this is, this, this is like what they need to keep in mind. I'm sure they know because, you know, typically, um, the the developer knows the issues even better than the players do. Right. Because they literally have to play it like all day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all they do is hear everybody's stupid complaints online. So 
Um, I, I think uh, there's, uh, you know, we're we're kind of trying to just point out like room to grow, basically. Right. Um. So yeah. Um. That said, now I'm gonna just absolutely blow hate on somebody. I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead and say that like sports games need to get their shit together. Yeah. Um, uh. I, I I agree. Um. Especially. And I've said it for a long time. This is just my personal theory. Um, they could really benefit by releasing a, like, let's say we're, we're watching the Madden 18 long shot trailer from E3. Mm-hmm. They could really benefit from, okay, let's release Madden, like back at 15, they release Madden 15. And um, since they can't do NCAA stuff, like your creative mm-hmm. character can go through the NCAA, work their way through, and then make it to the big leagues, and then work their way through the big leagues. And yeah. like th- that would be the story. You know, it could almost be a revolving story with um, when you're playing in the big leagues, there could be, you know, patch updates. Mm. Just just here's the new patch for the roster for, um, you know, next year 2016 and here's 2017, yeah. here's 2018. And maybe even do two, do one at the beginning of the uh, season and then one at the end of the season mm-hmm. because things change. Um, I think they could really benefit from that. Yeah, I think um, there's like. Again, it's another thing like working in retail. You just kind of notice when people point out like, you know, this, like I I remember, um, what was it? NBA like 13 was a big, was a big step. People really liked NBA 13, I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't, Uh, personally, I don't recall. Yeah. I don't remember specifically, but it's that type of thing where like, you know, people, um, people kind of recognize the same way with Call of Duty where there will be ones that are just not very popular mm-hmm. and you know everybody prefers like certain years and they'll skip a newer year and they'll go back and play these other ones and i think that they're doing a good job trying to get um you know like adding these story modes to all these games is i think it's really interesting yeah and it's a great idea um but there needs to be a little more than that like if you're not really adding anything else, like if all of your resources single player mode, I don't think anybody buys Madden for the, the campaign mode, you know? Yeah. And th- um, I mean, that should be a thing. Like, especially when they're looking at Madden with this long shots trailer, like yeah. that has a very, um, almost NBA jam feel or not NBA, uh, space jam feel to me, uh-huh. like where Michael Jordan's outside shooting hoops with like his dad or whatever. It has that, it has that just, that story that could be potential, you know, drama or whatever mm-hmm. that would get those fans of things like professional wrestling and things, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I think that um, in general, and we're kind of including, um, well, like my net, I think is bigger than yours. Where like I include anything sport based as like, I include like racing games under there. I include everything. But um, okay. I think you were saying with you, it's more of um, specifically like physical sports, like professional sports, quote unquote. Yeah, I mean, I can toss, uh, I can toss racing games in there, but they fall into another category, and it's not a better category. Um, mm-hmm. Just racing games. Um, it's not that they're not for me. It's just that they're like they have their place. Like I don't need the ev- this crazy evolution. Like. I'm a car guy. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up in a family that works on cars. That's 
like all of my uncles and my dad like okay and uh it but i don't need that in my racing game i don't need to you know see every stat like i'm fully okay with mario kart <laughs> yeah and it just like there the progression isn't there for me and maybe that's something to think about too like not everyone needs that reinvented thing in a uh-huh. genre that they might not like that they like but they don't love they're not fully invested in right and i think um these sports games and you know for me racing games too i think their part of their issue is that they've been kind of more and more focusing on their same audience mm-hmm. like they're they're in it for like the diehard fans but like that inherently is going to eventually kill you because when you're, you know, every year you're going to lose some people no matter what. And when you're making it harder and harder to pick up new people, uh, I think that's like suicide for right. a game studio. So, um, I don't, uh, I don't really know what like the optimal solution to that is. I, I think the same thing. I think they need to take their time off every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, and, to me, it's the only solution that I could ever come up with is release your game and give it, you know, give it two or three years between yeah. releasing a new one and just do roster updates and, and patches. If you have something that needs fixed, I mean, you're making these guys pay 60 bucks every single year for the same game, essentially. Yeah. Like, and that's good for you, but there's a reason why your profits are down. Because yeah, they're buying and, the same um, year, same game every year. Yeah. So it's it's that type of thing where like, um, you just have to have like more faith in your people. You have to have, yeah, you, you kind of have the ability to kind of think about the long game and like, okay, if I dump a bunch of free DLC for this car game. Or, you know, let's, let's kind of target, uh, I guess, uh, people who deserve it a little more. If you really focus on, like, the NFL game and you, you say, like, look, we're going to be doing these roster updates. We're going to do live updates. We're going to be one week behind what's happening in the pros. But otherwise, we're going to give out real, like, lineup changes, like injuries. Uh, we're going to do stuff like that. And we have this platform set up to do it. And, you know, I think that kind of thing... Um, just having more faith in your community and kind of doing cool features that are not, uh, well, I can't say for sure, but not necessarily a shit ton of extra work, but just something that you can do that adds a lot of interest and a lot more, um, survivability to your game. Cause again, like if I buy Madden 18 this holiday or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, I still know that there's going to be a Madden 19. Yeah. So my Madden 18 is going to be shit after a year. And, yeah. and it goes back to that thing we were saying, you know, like, it's only giving your game, what, between six and nine months of survivability? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's kind of saying to your customer, like, hey, thanks for buying this or whatever, but, like, uh, you know, this game is not our, our end game plan. Like, uh, think about how successful The Witcher 3 was when they're like, oh, by the way, we're making like 15 pieces of DLC for this game and the majority of it's going to be free. Right. Like, that's totally, that, that's that's crazy for the way that a lot of game companies behave. Yeah. Um, you know, again, it's like, okay, we made this NFL 
Holy shit, you're playing PT in the background. I'm having full-on fucking flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. Shitting my brains out over here. Yeah, I I, I was thinking of what, what what's the game that I could play in the background, like a stream that we've done. And uh, I don't know, PT was... It, it was a pretty long stream. It was a fun stream, so I don't know. Jesus, God. Let's bring, let's bring that horror show back. Okay, so, uh, moving on. Anyways, like, it's that type of thing where they're like, okay, well, we're going to have these, like, eight... DLC packs that you can buy and they're like you know five bucks each or whatever and if you don't buy it you can't play with your friends buy it and it's like not only are they splitting the market not only are they um kind of like that's just kind of inherently like anti-consumer which mm-hmm. again it's another thing like I understand that you're a business you need to make money you know but I just think there's a better way to do that kind of thing. And I, I think that CD Projekt Red did a great job. I think Star Wars Battlefront 2 is going to do a great job of that. I really hope so. I'm I'm really excited for that game. Yeah, they've totally turned me around on it. Right. Um, I yeah, don't expect yeah. them to like, rent it to play the campaign and be like, okay, got it, bye. And, uh, I mean, this is looking like it, it might be a day one for me. Which yeah, is very unusual I, for that type of game. I agree. Um, I'm super interested in what they have for the story, but I haven't even seen anything for the story, and I'm already sold because they fixed the way the multiplayer looks like it should play. Mm-hmm. So if they got me, they deserve the money that they are, you know, yeah. going to make off of tricking me, But which would be shitty, uh, but I, I, I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Um Okay. So okay. Yeah. Let's uh let's keep pushing on. One of the things yeah. that's just it's like, come on, really? Uh, is how many times they've released a new Skyrim? Yeah. Um. They. Oh, they what, what are we looking at? They have. Um. Well, they have the original. Um. Yeah, they have the original. They have release. Uh, and that's for uh, what was that? PlayStation Three, Xbox, uh, Three Sixty, and PC. Right. And then, and then they came out was... with the re-release. Right. Uh-huh. For what do you mean by the re-release? The re-release for the Xbox One and PS4. Okay. Well, that that's skipping a few because there was also the Legendary Editions, which were like the Game of the Year editions, had all the DLCs. So those came out. Oh, okay. For yeah, yeah, yeah. 360, PS3, PC. So there's and then there's there six. was right. Then there was these newest versions that came out on all three modern consoles. Yeah. Um. So. Which, you know, on the consoles includes mods, and it's like, you know, HD markup for the newer consoles and better running and everything. Hopefully they fixed a few small bugs or whatever. There is the Switch version. (laughs) And then then the Switch version, which is, um, I I don't remember the date on that, but, I mean, it's coming. Yeah. And, And then there is the VR that's now been announced. Yep. So I don't know what systems I guess that's going to be on, but uh, you know it's a probably I mean considering it's Bethesda, it's probably just going to be on every VR system essentially, yeah, and just kind of play funky on some of them. So it's like uh, there was a, a like I mean it was a satire article, but there was an article I think Kotaku had it that was the top three uh, versions of Skyrim at E3. <laughs> it's like you know that's not totally outrageous. No, uh, it's actually probably pretty spot on right uh, so, i mean um 
we're uh, how long is it really until we have Skyrim on smartphones? It can't possibly yeah, be that long. We're like a ball hair away from that right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're real Maybe close. a couple. Maybe a couple ball hairs. Yeah. But it depends on what you got going on, you know. Yeah. But the you know, it's um it's a it was a great game. It was probably one of the better games like ever. Yeah. Uh it certainly took I mean, I, I think Oblivion was popular, but it well, like, it brought totally a new audience. Shames Oblivion and sales. Yeah, I mean, it, like, yeah, it made it, Elder Scrolls a household name, right? Um, and not even and Elder Scrolls. It didn't make Elder Scrolls a house name. When you say Bethesda. Elder Scrolls to some people, they're just like, "What?" But then you oh, say Skyrim, true. like, yeah, like there was a I don't lot of people when Skyrim was coming out, uh, or like shortly after Skyrim came out, I guess, and they were like, "Hey, do you know when they're going to make Skyrim 2? Yeah, and I'm like, you know, you realize that was the fifth game. Yeah, and like people have. Or I'm or I'm here to pick up Skyrim V. Uh, yeah, I'm here to like, get Skyrim V because they had no idea what that meant. Like that's why crazy. Like, yeah. but I still don't think Elder Scrolls is probably a a household name. I mean, it's a gamer household name for sure. Yeah, um, it's certainly mainstream. But yeah, you're right. It probably is not like she probably wouldn't know what the fuck I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> she'd, she'd tell me I have to, like, she's not going to help support me anymore, and I'm not on my parents' insurance. I get my own medical bill. Or, uh, <laughs> sorry, I get my own phone bill. I'd be like, fuck. God damn it. But, yeah, I but mean, the, that, it is. It's just, it's one of those things where we need to, it's not necessarily we need to stop buying Skyrim editions, because, like, even, yeah. like, the Switch edition, it it gives you a new... It gives you a, a new, new way thing, to play. a new way to play. You yeah. can take that with you. Like that's yeah. that's kind of a holy shit thing. Like if you have a good laptop, hell yeah, that's the way to go. But you know, if you have a Switch and you want to play Mario and everything else, I mean, I can understand buying it. But damn it, it's like, are they ever going to make anything that's not like I, I know that you know we're waiting for you know, mm-hmm. and we're still in the time frame for them to you know still rely on this and Fallout. Be on their normal, like, work rate, yeah. Right. And, you know, Fallout 4, I enjoy it a lot. I think, uh, you know, we've mentioned it before that I think I just played too much Fallout 3 in New Vegas to really super get into 4. I'm actually trying to get back into it again now. Yeah, I think Um, that might be the next thing that I get into. Again, for streaming personally. Yeah. I have all the DLCs um, sitting right there. Yeah, me too. I never played any of the DLCs. I got them all. As they came out, and Shannon just plays through them. She's beaten the game like eight times. She's played through every storyline. I think she's platinum the core game. <laughs> uh, nice. I'm just like, yet I, I've like, I know how it ends. I haven't personally beaten it once. I've played like six characters. I just yeah. haven't beaten it with any of them. But uh, yeah, so um, I think uh, that is like, like you said, I think they need to, it, it's not like they have the A team working on Skyrim ports. You know what I mean? It's not like they're working on the yeah. PS5 Skyrim version right now or anything that's like yeah, holding yeah. it back from everything else. But I do think that talent needs to be directed towards something else. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, like you said, they're putting out cool stuff. I mean, VR potentially could be awesome with Skyrim, but could be. it's like, it, it's like, you know, this is a 2011 game. It's a six-year-old game. It's going to be. It's going to turn six the end of this year, I guess. So it's like it, it's time to move on. Very much. So. Um, I mean, honestly, they could make a Skyrim too. 
And if it they, was just a complete overhaul and all new story and everything going on, I'd be all over it. They could. I don't think that it has a place. Don't do it. Currently. But they could. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it has a place right now. I think yeah. uh, going through giving us a look at, you know, maybe two or three new areas. Two, I think, would be a good amount of areas mm-hmm. to, you know, look at and enjoy. Um, oh, maybe, like, you could do, like, uh, what is it, like, Argonia and... Yeah, um, do um, Black Marsh and do... Black Marsh and elsewhere or something. Or elsewhere. Or, yeah, whoever's, whoever's next to each other. I wasn't looking at the map, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, get two regions that are next to each other. That could be cool. And, um, you know, do do that and then... Uh, and then, you know, like almost, you could almost even do that, like, uh, in the style of like, by the way, Bioshock did Bioshock two or uh-huh. like, or the way they did fallout where they like, okay, like obsidian, here you go. Like, yeah, it's like here's a our big franchise of the same thing, but it's like an all new area. Yeah. Give it to them. Um, you know, give it to Bethesda or uh, give it to Obsidian again. Give it to Obsidian and be like, okay, this is two hundred years before. This is during the the like this is Skyrim when shit was happening and when Oblivion was happening in uh, mm-hmm. Tamriel. That could be sick. Yeah, that could be good. And that's um, I mean, yeah, I want Starfield. I want Starfield. Also. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted that this uh, yeah, year, yeah, and I think we yeah, hyped ourselves up maybe a bit too much uh, yeah. for Starfield. Well, so. in that case, let's just go ahead and keep on rolling. It's a good segue as any, I guess. Yeah. Um, this kind of, like, overhyping of stuff, which I think is about 50% the market's fault, like 50% marketing and publishers and about 50% consumer. Right. Um, like, I know some really good examples of kind of the hype train – gone wrong i guess um you know really recently uh mass effect andromeda Mm -hmm. um it was i think it was a little oversold but i think the main issue is with uh kind of viewers i think they um or not viewers but you know the fans the uh customers i think a lot of people um when they get that like hype disappointed, they kind of turn into maniacs. And like specifically with Mass Effect Andromeda, there was a lot of targeted harassment of people that worked on the project. And specifically, you know, there was a woman that I can think of right off the bat. Where it's like, you know, somebody that worked on the game and all of a sudden, just because this game doesn't live up to a, a single person's own imaginary perfect version of what the game is, uh, a huge section of the audience all freaked out and attacked, you know, certain employees, which is like, you know, there's not an, in Bioware, it doesn't matter if you're talking about the director of the game. It doesn't matter if you're talking about, you know, the producer from EA. It doesn't matter if you're talking about an artist. It doesn't matter if you're talking about QA. There is not a single person in Bioware that uh, specifically it's their fault that Andromeda didn't live up to what, an individual player's belief was. Um, right. And I think that's kind of just something that happens a lot in the industry. Like, uh, think about No Man's Sky, I think is a good example of this. Like, Yeah, that one had, that one was, that was pretty much all hype. 
<laughs> yeah. And, it, and it's like, again, this is another thing where you're just going to like shit on the people that are trying to buy the game and have fun or whatever. Like they, the studio overhyped it. Uh, the like Sony just didn't say anything, which is really bizarre. Like as you know, Sean Murray specifically and um, kind of hello games more in general, were kind of like, you know, they were kind of pulling like a classic Molyneux where they were like, here's some stuff that we would really love to be in the game. But what they said was, it's in the game, and it's a priority for us to make it have this, which yeah. is not really true. And, um, you know, No Man's Sky, I think, unfairly got a lot of hate for what it was. I mean, if you go into No Man's Sky, and you understand what it is, and you play it for what it is, it's a good game. It's not yeah, great. It's fun. I wouldn't say it was the best game of the year, you know. Like, yeah. I'm not going to go crazy over here. But for what it was, it was good. Yeah, I mean, I put uh, especially considering a small team and everything. Yeah, I put some time into that game, uh, and I enjoyed it. And there was some weirdness. There were some, um, like the thing that bothered me the most is they had these, um, like everything was kind of like a, like a mashup. So, like, you go to a planet and it's like, oh, we're going to randomly put, you know, this head on this animal body with these arms and then these legs. And it's all just randomly generated. But yeah. it, it it really wasn't thought out, like, that that random generation would look like garbage. Like, every planet I went to had just we're all pretty stupid, much the same. stupid looking animals. And uh, the environment was cool, but there wasn't a ton to do in it. Um, and yeah, it, and they I were think, uh, big. Those environments were big, and you would spend a long time looking for stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and it all comes down to like when I mention when this game gets mentioned a lot, and I'm happy that I bought the game. Uh, I I mean, I enjoyed the game. I I knew what I was getting when I looked at the game. Um, because I did the, I did the research and, you know, I listened to what they were saying. They were saying, you know, we have, uh, we have like one artist on this, like one major artist on this game. Yeah. So there's one guy making all of these assets and stuff and it's going into the hands of basically the, like the rest the you know, the other part of the dev team that, that would that would usually place it, but it's just getting kind of compiled into a code. Whereas, you know, pull this, you know, randomly and pull this randomly. And mm-hmm. it, it just kind of, I mean, I knew what I was getting. I enjoyed it. And everyone else, it seemed like everyone else that bought the game, you know, I'm, I'm part of, you know, a, quite a few different communities and that game gets a lot of hate because, yeah. You know, because they they didn't do their research. They didn't, you know, look into what the game's going to entail. Yeah, and I don't, like, I don't necessarily agree with, like, buyer beware either. Because there was a lot of failed marketing around that game. Oh, yeah. You know, in general, like, they were just quiet. Yep. Which I think is not a good strategy. But again, did they have someone on their team specifically for PR? Maybe not, you know? And And I think they they were relying like keep up on doing everything by themselves probably not i think they were relying a lot on sony to do a bit more than uh yeah it's hard to tell yeah i feel like they they were really looking at sony to do more like 
I don't know, especially marketing-wise, like, it shouldn't have been marketed as, I mean, they've marketed games for that company before. Yeah. Why would you over-market that so hard? And I don't know. What, tri- and like, Sony, uh, their marketing was, like, really flawed behind it, where they, they didn't, like, step forward and say, like, okay, sorry, but this is, like, what you're saying right here is just an unrealistic expectation. Yeah. Like, they just let it go. They were like, yeah, you're going to uh, run into each other, and you're going to see your friend in the world. And it's like, that that's just not part of the plan. Um, just out of curiosity, like, I know they ended up adding a lot. And it's actually a good example of a game where they just pumped a lot of free shit into it. Yeah. Um, did you play with, like, the vehicles and the, like, home bases and shit? I did play the when it came back with the Founders pack. Um, I haven't played anything with, like, like okay, world I, I know they added a lot of new stuff. But they added a... Uh, um, I, I started creating a base until I got basically to a point where I was like, holy shit. Um, I, I don't know how they expect me to get these materials. Yeah. So when that happened, I was like, I'm good. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I need. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of the uh, home building in Skyrim, where it's like, if you don't have all the materials already, just don't even try. Yeah. Because it's going to suck to have a, like a big, huge house with no furniture in it. Yep. And, I mean, I guess same with Fallout. I mean, you don't want to start building a fence around your encampment and then get halfway through and not have the other half of the fence. Yeah. It just it kind of seems like a waste of time. So, yeah. I mean, I got a little bit into it. I think I did a stream um, where it all went down. And it was literally, I only went back for, like, one play session. Yeah. I mean, because the game doesn't change, there's no... There's nothing that's different, so... Yeah, and you know, like... I was disappointed, but, like, I'm the type of person that I get mega hyped about everything, and then I play, like, I play, like, the first maybe two hours, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's the best game I've ever played. And then I get, like, super down on it after maybe, like, five or six hours, and then I usually come back around to where the game actually is. So, like, maybe I'm just really used to that, um, I don't know, that curve of, like, excitement and then, like, realizing that it's just a game. And, like, it's not the end of the world. It's not the greatest piece of art ever created, you know? Like, yeah. I think everybody wants the final game. Like, I get this, and I'll literally never play any. And it's that's just probably never going to exist. Like, until we have some, like, VR, like, plug-into-my-neck Matrix-level, like, fully realized <laughs> world shit, which is going to be a long time. And, like, I mean, to be fair, that will be the end of the human race. But, uh, you know, until we get to that point, like, there's not going to be that game. And certainly, you know, a kind of, like, semi-indie game to be published by Sony is not going to be the game that ends all other games. Right. Like, it's just not going to be it. Um, I don't know what is going to be it, uh, unless it's, like, that Matrix-level shit, but um, I don't see that coming anytime soon. The Matrix Online uh, servers are down. Sorry, it wasn't the game to end all games. Should have been, though. Should have been. Could have been. I don't see why they don't try that again, because it was relatively successful. And I think could now, be... with, like, the alt-right is, like, super into the Matrix, and, like, red-pilling and shit, I think they could make a pretty sizable fan base that has a lot of disposable income and anime body pillows. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Shit, I mean, money's money, right? Right. I'll sell um... anybody. I, I, one of the next things that I want to talk about is just 
and it comes from like like searching the industry and trying to figure out what uh like figuring out what like what's right and what's wrong with video games and one of the things that just really bothers me is uh mm. is is mobile games um especially when you're searching through and uh you know you find this company and you check out some of their games and it they're fully just non-playable like yeah like like if you can't even like the point of the game is to attack and the the attack button doesn't work like why is it up there like why are you putting your name on that and putting it out there it's just it's it's very it's very weird to me um on why that would ever kind of be a thing um but i i do understand that you know some of these and i i think this topic is just kind of mobile as a whole because there's there's a lot of like room for like really good mobile games and there's a ton of really fun mobile games i mean one yeah. of the games i'm really looking forward to uh you know the new um, the new South Park uh, the phone destroyer game, mm-hmm. which I believe released in like everywhere but America. So, well, yeah, some of the smaller markets like Canada, Australia, I know Brazil, uh, yeah, Brazil, um, yeah. Well, Brazil, shit. I need to ask yeah. Ronaldo about that. Um, and I mean, there's there's definitely some good ones out there that you know still have problems or whatever. You know, just like every other game, but like if if your game can't even you know, manage the, like, the point of the game, like, just get it out of there. Yeah, like, if your like, buttons you don't, don't work, well, you know, like, it's touchscreen, but, you know, if your controls don't work properly, like, why, right. why'd you make it? Right. Um, you know, I could make a, you know, something, I could make something up in Visual Basic real quick that's, like, three buttons, like, start, continue, credits, and, right. then, like, when you click them, it's just, like, our physics-based ragdoll just falls down and you can never make it do anything. I could put that on the store for free, but yeah. like, what's the point? But yeah, why? Like, why um, are you putting it out there? It's like, yeah. it's, you know, it, it's quality, not quantity. I don't understand the, like, yeah. you don't want to re- represent, like, even if you're an, even if you're a game developer or, you know, like an aspiring game developer that's on is, you know, trying to work their way, you know, get their name into the industry, like, mm. you don't want that representing you. Yeah, like you, and like, you, want... you also, you don't want to be like, I mean, there's a difference between a mobile game that does not have a lot of value and it is not a very good game compared to something that's literally unplayable. Right. Like, if you make Flappy Bird, it's a shit game, you should feel bad, and this dude's making a shit ton of money and he took it down because it was trash, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, it's the type of thing where, like... Wait, what was the real reason he took that down? That was why. Well, he was getting harassed. Uh, he just, like, I, I think that there was some, like, lawsuits in place because he had, you know, the assets were stolen, technically. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it was, like, you know, Flappy Bird works better than a lot of games that you can find out there. Right. And it is a better game than, you know, so I'm not just, like, you know, we don't just want to put on blast, like, a mo- any mobile game that has less than a million downloads or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's this is stuff that is strictly, it does not do what it, claims to do at all like it doesn't work yeah and like when i think of like at the top of the show we said you know games that we think are done for and games that need to call it quits that's the stuff that needs to call it quits that like like if you're looking at your game and it's not 
like it's not there yet. That either means keep working or or shut that shit down. Pack it up. Yeah, it doesn't mean like package it and release it on the iTunes store. Right. <laughs> like so. Sorry to laugh, but it's like ridiculous. I guess that's just my little rant on like, dude. Yeah, and not, I want to take that, that and run with it. Um, like with um, I I think this happens anywhere, but I think mobile is like specifically kind of bad at it. With mm-hmm. like. And again, there's a difference here. Like, I, I, so what I want to talk about is just like absolute blatant clone copies of another game. Yeah. And um, there's a difference a between, you know, there's a difference between, okay, I see what you're doing with match three. That's interesting. I have my own thing that I'm doing with match three, and it might be similar, but it's different, and it's my own thing. That is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is people that. Uh, and I think this is really prevalent on, like, if you look at, like, ads on Facebook for games, when you see, like, art from another game in a commercial for this, like, piece of shit, mobile shit that you know is not associated with the game that you're thinking of. Yeah, more recently, Days Gone, I saw that a lot after its original announcement trailer. Like, check uh-huh. out our zombie mobile game, and it's just showing a video from E3 of Days Gone. And I'm like... Yeah, and it's like, this what? is a lie. Like, yeah. And I report those every time I see them. Like, I go out of my way and take, like, a couple minutes to write out a report to be like, this is stolen art. This is not who, like, they don't own the copyright. They don't, this is not their creation. Um, yeah. And, like, I think, um, you know, there's, and again, there's a difference between, like, Hearthstone did really well. So there's a lot of, like, semi-similar card yeah. games. Yeah. Of that and, type, you know, I mean, collectible card games. And there's a lot of collectible card games that are all different, too. Like, right. um, like Gwent kind of pulled its... You know, they, they kind of did their own own thing. And there's there's mm-hmm. room for card games to be... Uh, you know, several card games to work. Like, I mean, shit, growing up, it was, it was basically Pokemon and Magic. And then Yu-Gi-Oh! broke in, and people loved Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm-hmm. And it, it, I mean, there is room for it, but you have to be, you have to be different enough to, yeah, to put that out there, you know? And I think that, um, well, like, that's a big one. Um, I think there was an era that's kind of thankfully, like, pretty much done at this point, but there was an era where there were a lot of, like, Dota and League of Legends clones. Mm-hmm. And, like, every company had, like, two or three of them in production, and they were just all absolute hot garbage. Yep. And, uh, you know, Heroes of the Storm through Blizzard is it's doing things differently, and it's different enough that I think it deserves its own kind of, you know, economy and everything. But certainly uh, a lot of these ones that were coming out that were all in, like, a beta is like, I don't see why they're around. Um, Smite is another example of one that, I it, you know, it's doing things differently, so I can see why it's kind of got its own little market. But uh, there was a lot of stuff that was like, all right, let's cash in on MOBAs, and it's like, MOBAs are expensive to make. The server maintenance, you know, having having access to all that manpower and having all those people online at once is not cheap. Um, yeah. You know, sure. they're, it's hard to balance. You have to constantly update. Um, you have to constantly push fixes, and you have to constantly kind of evolve your game because, you know, especially in these ones where you can get, like, a shorter match time. Like, if you can get a match done in 15 minutes... You know, people play for a week, and they've literally experienced the entire curve of your game. So if you're not constantly pushing changes, um, you know, you're not going to have that market. And people don't really pay in their first week or two of playtime. 
And the only way those games make money is by people buying skins or, you know, whatever in-game currency for whatever reason. Yeah. So, um, like, League of Legends didn't get five bucks out of me until I'd been playing for, like, a year. <laughs> so they've gotten more out of me now, but, you know, and, it took me a while to, like, get in there. And and, and I went on record a lot by saying how I feel about MOBAs. And I don't mm-hmm. think I, I've never paid for – I've got more things out of MOBAs than I've given <laughs> Yeah, like free skin boxes and stuff. Yeah, uh, like it, mainly with Heroes of the Storm and Overwatch, yeah. like jumping in and getting the free skins and stuff. And, I, and it's not that, like, I think Heroes of the Storm is the one that I think I like the most, uh, and I've probably said that before. But, mm-hmm. um, like, even after playing for a little bit, I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is, like... Like, this isn't bad. I don't hate this. And I like getting the skins for Mm -hmm. the different characters. But it's still not something that I... Yeah. Yeah. It's not for me. And I... Yeah. the And seeing more of them doesn't help. Like, it seems watered down. Especially when, you know, you're looking at, like, all these games kind of, you know, looking the same and playing the same. Like, Heroes of the Storm, League of Legends... um, like smite paladins like it just and paladins is a little different i guess but i don't know mm. to me i played it and i was like eh, this is a moba yeah like yeah but um yeah so there's there's definitely like um i i think that these kind of copycat games have for the most part sort of learned their lesson um again that's a, like especially with mobas that's pretty much over um it's kind of the time yeah. of the arena shooter now like the um like you said the overwatch copier um yeah it's kind of in it, it, it i feel like it's going back to like we're seeing like quake and stuff like that make a comeback uh, and yeah i think that's and that's where we're that's where we're at yeah so um yeah, one of the other things we wanted to touch on, um, this is kind of a, again, this is another one where it's like, okay, we like we actually love this, but we just want to make sure that it has room to grow. Yeah. Um, this is specifically, like, basically everything Naughty Dog's doing. Last of Us, Uncharted. Um, so, yeah, we kind of want to touch on both of those. So Yeah, um, Un- Uncharted is at a point right now where it's like, we're not going to, you know, we're, we're not going to keep this going with Nate Drake. Uh, and mm-hmm. and it's like, can they survive with without Nathan Drake? And I think that's what um, what we're going to be seeing with uh, the Lost Legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, is this going to be? And I feel like this is them testing the waters. A lot of companies do this. They like I've mentioned it on our podcast before with Rockstar. You know, they test it out. Like, let's make two DLCs aside our main game and see how it works to cross all of the paths. You know, these characters know each other. Um, and then mm-hmm. five came out and it was three playable characters in one big game. So, you know, and I feel like they're testing the waters with Lost Legacy, which I haven't checked into that much, but uh, some of the stuff that I've seen looks really good. Uh-huh. I think uh, they're going to focus on uh, their next character will probably be um, a female, I imagine. Yeah, and um, make that switch. Yeah, it's a type of thing that, um, uh, you know, that's a big thing in in um, 
Last of Us as well with like I'm I'm a little hesitant about part two. From what I've read about it, it actually looks like they're doing basically the best thing they could have done. But uh yeah. you know, yeah. when you tell a good story, and I think this was a lot of people said this about Last of Us when it first came out. Uh that's probably something I need to go play through again. Mm-hmm. But um it ends and it, it doesn't it's not like it ends with finality. It's there's a big like major revelation at the end or whatever it's i mean it's a massive cliffhanger but the way that they did it was so bold and um i don't know like to me there was no room for two yeah like, no that i mean was the end i said several times i was like i people are like i, I want a last of, i want more last of us and i was like leave it alone yeah the game's good the way it is you don't need yeah. like to make a video game good, you you don't need to, you know, keep getting more and more and more and more. And that's something that we've talked about with a lot of the other stuff that we've mentioned on here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, at least our ideas are consistent, I guess. But, um, you know, with Uncharted, they're like, all right, this is the end of Nathan Drake. They did a lot of wreck Uncharted 4 where they're like, oh, well, yeah, we never mentioned it, but here's all this other stuff that was going on. And um, I think Uncharted 4 had a nice little epilogue to finish it off. So it's like, you know, I'm cool with what I've seen so far of Lost Legacy. Um, I'm interested to see some more, you know, storyline and everything of what else is going on in this world. But I don't want to see Nathan Drake again. Yeah. I, I the think, same way that I don't really want to see Joel again. Yeah. Like, it's it's almost like they've, they've uh, you know, taken that last, like, ride and they went off into the sunset. It's like... Mm-hmm. It's done. Let them let them well, go. Well, yeah, and like part of it too is, um, I think it's kind of a good example of like there are books of, uh, like a series where there's like a hundred novels all based on like one character's story. Like right. they're like a, a private detective or a police forensic investigator or whatever, and it's like you know very procedural. A lot of TV shows are like this, where it's like okay, well, now this guy is going to get into some hijinks and then there's something weird goes on and then he figures out who the killer is and then the end. And uh, I really don't like those types of books. I like, um, if I like a series, usually it's an anthology series like The Witcher where each book is fully self-contained story. It might reference the others, but it pretty much hops right off of them and into its own thing. Yeah. Um, you know, the uh, uh, I haven't gotten the English translations of the other Metro books yet, so I couldn't say, other than the first one. But, uh, you know, in general, like, I think that you can, it's a lot more interesting to tell uh, a story of a character like Joel and Ellie in The Last of Us, you know, a couple characters, where they have this time in their life that is extreme, and it's very different than a normal person's life at that time, even in, you know, the whole world is in an extreme circumstance in that, you know, world. Yeah. And, but, um, to just be able to tell it and to say like, this is a, this is their story. This is the crazy thing that happened to them. And that's it is a lot better than like the Harry Potter thing of like literally every year that this kid went to school for his entire education, crazy batshit insane shit happened. And thousands of people died. Like that's just, that's just nuts. Like, a normal life, you have something exciting, like it really inciting, like noteworthy happened, like maybe once or twice a year. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it, it is better to just 
really like live that moment. And like, I mean, yeah. like day to day, I mean, think about your own lives. Like it's not exciting. And that's probably why we play video games, but mine's not ever exciting. Exactly. But it will be exciting at least, you know, three times in your life. There will be right. exciting periods of your life a couple times. And and that's just the, the average person, you know, the abnormal person will have it, you know, it could be exciting always, but. Um, or it could be exciting never. Or like, never. Yeah. You know, and, and that's go the, the kind other of way. thing that's like, um, that's one reason I'm really into entertainment is that I have just generally had like a very safe and kind of sheltered life. And like, um, you know, I'll just, I'll just blast video games or TV or books or music or, you know, whatever happens to catch my attention. Mm -hmm. And like, that's my, that's my thing for a while. And, uh, Last of Us was a really good tell of that because like the characters had, they were so realistic and like their relationship was so real and like it grew in a normal rate and like, you know, they were in these extreme circumstances and they reacted like normal people would. Like, holy shit, that's a giraffe. What the fuck is a giraffe doing here? Let's touch it. Yeah. Like, that's what I would do if a giraffe walked by my house. So, uh, exactly. I'd knock that thing up and ride it down the street playing the ice cream truck song. I learned to do some pretty heavy leather work and fashion up a good saddle, you yeah. know. But, uh... free ball hanging onto its neck like a kid hanging onto their mom's leg. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, like, I, I like when a, a series, and I think, actually, Mass Effect was good for this. They're like, Mass Effect 3 is the end of Shepard. We're not going to touch that character again. Yeah, and, and that think, needs to be... I think that's a good idea. Yeah, and, I mean, the character can show up in other things, of course. Like, uh, mm -hmm. like it, it's a beloved character. Like, if they did, uh, like, another PlayStation All-Stars, like, Battle Royale game, it'd be cool yeah. to see Joel and Ellie yeah. in, in that, you know, in, in, in that context. Yeah, that would be cool. But you really got to, I think, leave them alone. Like, personally, when we were talking about the possibility of The Last of Us 2, I was like, leave them both alone. I don't want to see, I don't even want to see Ellie. Like, it's cool. Yeah. Do something else with other people. Let's see what's going on in, you know, at, at Can like Canada. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, let's see how some other culture is handling it. But... You know, here we are. It looks cool, uh, and, and it's not—it's uh, not—it's not going to be bad by any means. I think the game is going to be fantastic. But uh, you know, yeah, and it's—you know—like I said, we we kind of looked into it to see, um, you know, what specifically uh, Last of Us Part Two is going to be. And actually, it looks really good. They've kind of managed to surprise me from what I've seen. But, yeah. um, you know, I'm definitely going to be skeptical going into it. Yeah, and um, it, I, I think, uh, I think we're good with, uh, um, yeah. that, that's, you know, The Last of Us specifically. I think that one's, uh, that one's going to be, that one's going to be solid. But Uncharted is kind of still in that, like, where are we going phase, even though they have, uh, you know, the Lost Legacy coming out. I don't think those characters are going to be, I mean, they, they yeah. could stick around, of course, but I don't think that they're going to be um, the new Nathan Drake, and I think that's what they're going to be looking yeah. for in the next few iterations of anything with the name Uncharted. All right, and uh, so. I know the last thing um, 
I kind of added this a little bit last minute, so um, I kind of want to describe it, I guess. I think um, this one is probably the biggest stretch in, like, companies that need to cut it out. But uh, I think that the the competition between the different VR systems has kind of prematurely killed VR. Um, they it, it seems like um, there hasn't been that big second wave of VR that we were hoping for. Um, yeah. We'll have to kind of see until next spring because I was assuming it was going to be in this kind of winter. And it seems like it kind of got pushed from that. And it got that big second wave of funding, but we haven't really seen the games come out of that second wave of funding yet. And I think one of the biggest issues is that, um, you know, VR already is kind of a rich man's game. Like, you have to be an early adopter to have already, like, jumped all over those. And I can think, like, I, there's a couple people I know at work that have, like, one person has a PlayStation VR. Uh, I knew some people in the past that had uh, the Gear VR. I know somebody that has a Oculus. I do not know a single person that has more than one VR system. Yeah, that's, and I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine someone that would have all of them. Yeah, uh, I mean, looking at getting just two of them is, you know, it's like a wrapping months. up to oh, well over a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Like I can buy a PlayStation Four Pro, brand new, and a Xbox One X brand new and probably get an extra controller for them in a couple games for the same price as a Vive with no games and, you know, a, a Gear VR. Yeah. And Gear VR is one of the cheapest ones there is. So, like, um... I mean, you can't even throw Oculus into that. Like, yeah. the, the Vive is pretty expensive. I think that one might be the most expensive. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think but, it depends on what some of the other stuff you get with it is. I think the Vive like core pack is the most expensive, but the Oculus can be the most expensive if you get the extras with it. And I think where, yeah, really where VR competition needs to knock it off is, like, if you're going to make something for a VR system, you might as well mm. take the time and make it for a couple of them, at least a couple of them. I would like to see it for all of them. You know, yeah, like yeah. I mean, like, what is the install base for the? I mean, I, I'll actually look that up because I'm very interested. Like, uh, PlayStation VR. What is the total number of users? Yeah, you I know? mean, it can't be. It All can't right, be so crazy. The PlayStation VR sales uh, have okay. This one's pretty recent. From earlier this month, they did more than. 400,000 units sold. 400,000. That's nothing. I mean... I mean, getting a comparison of what... There's more Kinect sold. Yeah. I mean, getting the comparison of how many PlayStation 4s have been sold uh, since the launch of the PSVR compared to the PSVR, um, that would be the kind of... The com kind of comparison we were like, yeah. I would I'm be looking, looking at, at this. Uh, this article says that the Oculus Rift sold less than a hundred thousand units in its first quarter of the year. Ooh. So it's like there's a lot of good games on all of these systems. Each one has cool stuff on it. I mean, maybe less game and more experience or whatever. Yeah, but like, it's it's very experience. Um, 
you can't really afford to miss out on any of those gamers when you're selling that kind of stuff because you know Call of Duty's going to come out and do 64 million copies. Yep. And if literally every single person that had a PlayStation VR bought a PlayStation VR game that came out, which is not going to happen, but if literally every single person bought it, you'd get half a million copies. And it's right. like, is that enough? You know, like, um, is that enough to keep these systems alive? I think, like, as much as it seemed like that diversification was kind of the herald of this is really going to be something, it actually looks like it might be killing it now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think they need to address that for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, and I don't even like, yeah, it, they, they just, it's, it's just one of those things where they really have to market it better. And mm. the people that are making games for it have to understand that there are, there's more than one. Right. Like right. if, if I see, I, I see just Bethesda making Skyrim, making Fallout, and making Doom for VR. I can't mm. tell you what VR specific consoles or headsets that it's coming to. I, I don't mm. know. So, and, and that's a problem. If you don't know what you like, if you know someone who pays attention and even reports on video games, if they can't tell you what, like where the games are coming out for what what console even like ma- like even major ones that's mm-hmm. i think that's a problem yeah so but yeah i think uh i think that about wraps it up unless you have anything else um yeah i don't think so um i definitely like uh you know this is the first episode that we've kind of tried to stream on um twitch right so I think we're going to continue to do that. Um, I just think it's kind of a good idea to, you know, we're, we're going to have this, you know, quote unquote product that is released as, um, you know, the podcast, but this right. is another way to engage with people. You know, people could, if they wanted to, they could directly ask us questions. Um, you know, if we say something that's like bizarre or, you know, if somebody doesn't understand what we're talking about, they can just straight up ask like, okay, what do you mean by infinity war? And I'll be like, oh, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like, I think it's a it's a good way. So if you are watching this on Twitch, um, or if you did watch on Twitch at all and didn't say anything, mm-hmm. fuck you. No, uh, you know, <laughs> thanks for <laughs> thanks for hanging out and uh, you know taking this start of you know possibly a new thing along with us. Um, yeah. And uh, hopefully it'll get better. Um, we're kind of working on setup, so. Mm-hmm. You know, things will change and get better as we uh, as we continue to do it. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think that pretty much wraps up our uh, games that need to knock it off kind of All right. rant stream. Um, as always, you know, I always say it at the top and uh, the end of the each stream. Um, Head over to facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. to check out all the top news video game stuff. As well, you can check out our Patreon, and uh, if you'd like to listen to this, maybe you jumped in on the middle, in the middle on Twitch, you can check this out on, uh, we usually usually release our uh, podcasts every Monday on uh, iTunes, Google Play, mm-hmm. and uh, our host, Podbean. Um, hopefully some new stuff coming up, you know, we're kind of in the talks of 
you know, possibly getting some new people um, to produce content and uh, as well um, possibly some bigger things just for us in general. So uh, yeah. keep an eye out and check that out all over on our current hub of our Facebook. Um, but yeah, for MGI, I'm Night Swarm. And I'm Filtergord. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Yeah. <laughs>